Right, so good evening everyone and um, welcome to the Celtic FC Appreciation Show. We've got a Derby night special. Um, we've got planning to do this for Tuesday but we've had to reschedule for Sunday which is absolutely fine. Um, I'm not sure if this has ever been done on a Celtic podcast before but we've got um, a Rangers fan and a Celtic fan so um, I'm just going to actually share this before um, just going to share this before we get going kind of thing. Um, right, so so, um, yeah, so we've got uh, Rangers fan Kyle Brown on tonight and um, Celtic fan Paul Gordon, um, obviously from PG and Dax Real Football Show. Um, Paul, obviously last night, um, your, your night went really well. Um, you're, looking to do, you're looking to step into that kind of market? Um, I don't know. See, to be honest, it, was, it went well. Hitches, but um, no, it was, it was a good night. Well supported, which was great. Um, probably as something, something we'll do again. Because um, I think there's a, we're, we're quite lucky there's a wee bit of demand for it. But uh, it was good, it was enjoyable. Something something new, uh, a bit out of comfort zone, but nah, we enjoyed ourselves and we definitely enjoyed ourselves after it, to be honest with you. How did you find it? So, um, as I say, I think, I think there's definitely a, a gap in the market for that kind of thing, obviously, when you look at open goal. Um, so, as I say, guys, we're going to be doing a Derby special tonight. We're going to be, um, hopefully, it messages from Celtic and Rangers fans. Um so you know bring on the abuse, bring on the banter. Um we're all ready for it. Um and obviously I'm gonna do a Peter Crouch swear warning um before uh, we were talking about it off air before um because normally we don't really swear on the podcast but you know what I think it's gonna be one of the nights so I'm just gonna let the boys go at it. Um and obviously I'm wearing black um because I'm gonna try and be the referee in the middle. Uh, so oh, I can't I can't believe you're wearing a blue tap. I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was thinking you were going to wear your, a green top for something to, to bat on, but um, yeah, so... Wearing this blue ranger, it's not even a blue ranger, wearing this blue top was completely unintentional, I never even no. thought it. <laughs> I heard it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, we're available to download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, obviously, and with all of the socials as well, Celtic FC Appreciation. Um, we're also on Instagram and we're also on Twitter, CFC app pod, if you search for us there. Um, 67Ts are obviously our main sponsors. Um, just go and check on their Instagram page for any content kind of thing. And obviously the YouTube channel, we're trying to get as much Celtic content up as possible. Um, if you have any questions for the guys, I already see a few comments coming in. If you have any questions or comments for any of us um, about the game coming up, um, just get them in so we'll get through to them. Um, and obviously the question of the day, we want to know what your favourite Glasgow derby has been. Um, so what's your favourite ever Glasgow derby? Um, so obviously Paul McClellan says, all right, guys, um, James on on hoops. Um, yeah, so obviously we'll get straight to it. Um, we're going to talk about injuries and... Um, yeah, so we're going to make, uh, talk about injuries and suspensions, obviously, for both teams. And um, Paul, we'll start with you. We've actually got a wee bit more lengthy... Um, injury and suspension list um, just in terms of long term injuries possibly Kyogo Turnbull's definitely out um, a Yeti obviously still missing um, Maida and Rogic on international duty um, and Beaton is obviously suspended with Julian and Adeguchi a possibility um, do you see Julian or Adeguchi maybe um, making the mark in, in Wednesday night I can't see Julian playing anyway I, I don't think there's any chance of that I think that Starfield and Carter Vickers have been doing quite well. I know Starfield is a bit of slack, asking a bit of stick people, but I think he's actually been doing quite well recently. Um, 
I, th- I think missing Kyogo and Maeda is massive. You see it, we're not the same team when we don't have that type of player up um, kind of centre forward for us or coming for wide. Big Giamakis, I'm still still kind of juries on him for me. I think that he has good attributes, he holds the ball in really well and he can score a goal, but I just feel that we don't play particularly well when we have a striker like him playing. So I think missing McGregor is big as well. I've seen people mm-hmm. saying that there's a potential that he could be wearing one of the face masks and play, but I don't see it happening. I think it's massive. And beat, see, it's funny saying it now because you wouldn't have said it maybe six months to a year ago. Beaton missing's quite a big one for me. I think that he he's been doing really well lately, and it is a bit of a, a bit of a miss for him. Aye, I think um, I think me and Kyle were talking off air, and he was actually saying that that he was gutted that Beaton get sent off, and I was saying that I was raging that Beaton get sent off because mm. I, I really like Beaton and. Um, and Kyle, obviously, you're saying you know, um, Beaton missing is is a big boost for for Rangers fans. Um, In all fairness, know. the only time I've really seen him play, like, I don't really watch much Celtic games on their own. But when you have seen Beaton play against us, I don't think there's been any games that he's really been a standout, and he has got quite a poor disciplinary record. So it does leave that option for him to end up if he did play on Wednesday night. They kind of lose the head a bit and end up putting you down to ten men. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we, we were talking obviously off air about the, the, the red card, and, and I was saying to Kyle that you know um, I, I thought the referee should have gave a free kick for Greg Taylor for the foul on Greg Taylor, and if he blows if he blows up for the Greg Taylor foul, then Beaton doesn't get sent off. But um, you know he doesn't blow his whistle. Beaton kind of um, rush of blood to heads, pulls the pulls the boy back, and it's a second jello. So there's nothing we can do about it. Um, James McMullen just says, do you think they could get Rogic back before Wednesday night? I've heard that there's a possibility about Maeda. Um, maybe if, he, if he's not playing. Channel, if they don't play on Tuesday, they can. Yeah, yeah, back. they could. But, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Paul, but I, I think that's too too soon in terms Aye. of jet lag and, and timing and all the rest. I don't, I don't see any of them coming back to play in that game. I don't think it's wise. I mean, you saw it before. Um, I know it's not quite the same level, but you saw it with um, Ambrose a few years ago against Juventus when he was rushed back for the African Cup of Nations. And it wasn't fair on him that night. He just he had an absolute holocaust. It was just terrible, you know what I mean? It just really wasn't good at all. But um, I don't think it's. I don't think it'll happen. It's too, too soon, too close to it. Yeah, and obviously Kyle getting on to Rangers... Um, injury lister, you know, long term, obviously, Yanis Hadji was ruled out for the rest of the season. How big a blow is is he going to be um, missing? Hadji can be a bit hot and cold, to be fair. He has these moments of magic and he can kind of come up with something, but it does tend to be quite slow. And that, so I think the opportunity to go with pace or something instead, but and then you don't really have that cutting edge. That Hadji could potentially make, and it all yeah. depends who they're going to bring in or who we lose. Over yeah, and obviously thirty hours or so. Yeah, and obviously Morelos, um, you know, called away in international duty after not playing um, at all in, in international duty before. He's obviously been in form for, for under Van Bronckhorst, um, but he's we've since discovered that he's not even made the bench for Colombia. Nah, I mean, just... how how ridiculous is that for for? Managed to take him over, not not bench him. It just fries my brain why you would take a player on international duty with such a big game coming up 
obviously the Columbia manager's going to do his homework and obviously take a look at who his players are playing for and that. You obviously know an old from so I'm old. A worldwide known game, so you know it's an important game coming up, and to yeah. make him away on international duty, miss out on that, and then not even make the bench is just fucking baffling. I don't understand it at all. Or if that was the case, could they know sorted something if he doesn't play on Friday night, and but he intends to play on um, this upcoming game? As I know, something Van Bronckhorst and him could add a chat where you get him to play on Friday night. Yeah. And then he gets back for the game or what? Aye, I, I, I don't I don't get this. You know, you, you obviously take the you obviously take the risk um, when you buy these kind of players, when you buy like Australian or Japanese players Aye. or, or um, Colombian players, South American guys, um, you're always running the risk of them having to go away at vital stages of your season. Obviously, it's a massive massive game for, for both clubs now because obviously Celtic can go top um, after Rangers dropping points but um, James McMullen says I think 60,000 Celtic fans will scare Rangers um, and obviously just to just to touch on um, Paul Rooney's obviously um, Paul Rooney's point, how much of a difference will 100% home fans make Paul, um, that's going to be massive in terms of not just for the home, for Celtic support but obviously um, for the referee, in terms of how much pressure is going to, they're going to put on the referee to, to give decisions. I think it's going to make a difference. I think, though, something I noticed yesterday um, against Dundee United, which I didn't particularly like, was, and I understood it, but I thought that we, thought the fans were getting on the players' backs a wee bit when it was maybe half an hour to go and they were getting on their, their backs. Like when they were making mistakes, it was one in particular when Ralston lost the ball and you could hear a lot of groans, and I get it because. We really wanted to win to close the gap. So I'm hoping that it's not something that happens if we go a goal behind. Because that could end up being on the flip where it's it could go against us. We're having so many fans, but I don't think that'll happen. I think that 60,000 Celtic fans, and if the atmosphere is good, which you expect it to be. And I also think a night game makes a bit of difference as well. I think people quite enjoy being out, and most people will be buried. They'll have been out all day. I, I, that, I, that, I. I think that well, I was talking to my mate today who's um, going out at 12 o'clock on Wednesday, so I don't even know if he'll make the game. But I think that um, I think they'll make a difference. I think the fans have got a big part to play in it. I, I think I, it's I, going to be even more electric for you, the fact that you when you go top of the league. I, Obviously, you have gained a bit of momentum. You've been playing well of late. So I think there's that kind of feel good factor about you. And, Obviously, this time last year, I don't even know how many points Rangers were ahead. So, for the fact that the kind of feel-good factors back for you is you win, you go top. I think it is going to be electric on your on your part and um, how we are going to handle it ourselves and how the players are going to respond to it. They're going to be able to keep the nerve. Ah, uh, here's here's one for you, Kyle. You like this? Rangers didn't get a penalty, so we needed to get a red card or a penalty against us to ensure normality. But we stop at <laughs> half time in the end to celebrate. Ah, uh, I think you know there was no tip, there was no Rangers penalty, there was no Rangers, uh, you know, Ross County red card at the weekend. Um, That's so we can get one against yours, and it doesn't have to just getting the two games in a row. That's what worries me as well. The fact that I've never seen that before with the SFA changing the referee um, mm. at kind of such short notice. You know, see, it was me. Did you see Clancy's performance against us in Aberdeen? Not even just against us, 
some of these decisions on Aberdeen's part were just bonkers. Like, uh-huh. to even just be switched off a game for a couple of weeks or what is just baffling. He should have at least been demoted for a couple of weeks for that because that performance was appalling. That's not me just saying it because we drew or anything because that had absolutely no part to play in it. We were shite. Hey, and... be fair, Kevin, Kevin Clancy once sent me off in a cup final. Did he actually? Hi, <laughs> did I? Did you deserve it? Um, uh, probably I. Um, <laughs> who, who is refereeing on Wednesday? It's Bobby Madden. Bobby Madden. Hey, yeah, you know, enough said. <laughs> I don't even think Madden's. I don't think there's any kind of sort of bias towards any team. I think just all Scottish referees are completely incompetent. And before even looking at VAR, they should at least have full time referees uh, in place because just across the whole board, the amount of times you're going on to Twitter after the weekend's games and you're seeing fucking a dodgy decision against Hibs Livingston or whatnot, it's just. The whole yeah. refereeing across Scottish football was just completely incompetent and shite. I, I, I'll be honest. I was, I was, I was at the, the Celtic Hearts game. Um, I think it was probably December, or January, and um, Bobby Madden refereed it. It was a Kyogo one 0 win. It was, I'm sure, it was December. And honestly, it is the worst refereeing performance I've ever seen. It was honestly the worst refereeing performance. It just was getting nothing right, and the you know base sets of fans were on his back and. Um, it was just honestly, it was just um, it was just ridiculous. So I'm hoping he's not going to have as bad a game on Wednesday. Um, but obviously, I think with with the fact there's no Rangers fans, and that's the question I was going to ask you as well. Both um, in terms of, I, I think we need to get back next year to. I think we need to get back next year to having the away section mm-hmm. um, back at the games, kind of thing. You know, I, I I say get the full allocation back next year. It's not going to happen this season because obviously you know Rangers didn't let us in Ibrooks then we have not let Rangers into Celtic Park the next game it's going to happen it's next game it's going to happen it's so the end of the season it's quite childish the way it's went to be honest and Aye. See, I agree with you I think that um, it loses something I mean what is it seven or eight thousand you normally have been before Aye. I think Aye. it loses something without that and it kills the game I definitely think even like Wednesday night or um, back in when was it August we played or September or something. Right. Um, even there, of we lost obviously, but it doesn't have the same feeling. Like there was times where we obviously were really in the game at points, and that bit extra could help the like. It goes both ways. Obviously, if Rangers were a better team at Park or whatever, right. that just gives you a wee bit extra for the players that are playing, and uh, it does lose a bit of the atmosphere. And I don't really lie, I don't think. No fans on our part is going to have a massive difference compared to what it would if it was your usual allocation. Because let's be honest, for the, it would be very rare for our away support to kind of outnumber you with just 700 against 60,000 and vice mm. versa. It's going to be so hard for you to kind of out sing odds and out voice odds with 700 out of 50,000. Like, uh-huh. I think it would have been a bigger, well, well, kind of captain obvious here, but it would have been the case if you had the full away support, like if you're missing out in seven or eight thousand. But I think I just don't think it will have a massive effect, to be honest. So would you would you bring back the the eight or ten thousand um, fans for next season? I would. I I like the allocation. You want a bit of hatred and 
toxicity yeah. like between it and I'm trying to think what it was how much we've I think we've given Dortmund seven and a half thousand no for the Europa League title so to give Dortmund that and then not give use it it just doesn't really make much sense and you see teams like Celtic fans saying oh don't bring it back or you see Rangers fans saying oh don't bring the, the allocations back you want more but these are the same people that are moaning with hearts are cutting our allocations don't get me wrong I think teams like Livingston Ross County and that teams who can't sell out their own grounds are would be shooting themselves in the foot cutting our allocation but teams like Hearts who can regularly sell out their ground and it's not going to affect them financially and it will bring in more of their fans these are the same people that are moaning about that that are saying oh don't give Celtic their fans back Aye, right. I, I think I think I get why I get why clubs like Hearts are doing it and all the rest. Of it. And I think I think Rangers done it personally. I think Rangers done it. I know they came up with this excuse about how it was to accommodate their own fans and things like that. I think they were fed up with his pumpies at Ibrox and celebrating. I think that's genuinely what it was because it seemed like every time we went to Ibrox, we were winning comfortably. So I think they've they've done that. And to be fair, to be fair, he's. Um, <coughs> It, it worked because we all of a sudden we went through the same um, same as what we had done. Giant Celtic with the turnaround and cut the allocations as well. Two, three, well, four years we were going in fucking pumping use five nil five. No, one. because um, we didn't date in the nineties, so uh, we wouldn't have done it now. Aye, um, just a few a few comments. Kieran Scullion says Kieran, who we had on last week actually, um, Celtic without five to six starters. Will Rangers get a better chance to increase the gap than that? Um, and, yeah. Eddie, and Eddie Devine says, fair number of new boys potentially facing a first old firm game. Um, who do you think will crumble and who do you think will thrive? So obviously, um, Kyle, will go with you. Um, obviously, new boys like uh, the the Ama Diallo, obviously going to potentially going to be making his, his debut, his derby debut. You've got like Surreal Hitati and, and players like that. Um, Matt O'Reilly, um, do you think any of them's going to any kind of crumble? I think it's pressure? hard to judge whether they're going to crumble or that until because obviously a lot of them you've only seen one or two games in, but it's quite late in the transfer window they've been brought in, so you don't, you've not seen much of them, how they're going to perform in that. I think we would maybe have the advantage in that sense, where the kind of only new face we could be bringing into the Martin Oliver would be Ahmed Diallo. Whereas you have like Matt O'Reilly, Hattati, if he's managed to get Adiguchi fit. So I think you have more kind of first old fun players coming into the side. So I think you could be more susceptible to a few boys kind of crumbling or you may be able to turn that into an advantage where you've got more boys who could potentially thrive under that environment. It's hard. I think it's hard to tell because obviously you don't know enough about the character of the players yet. But I think. Fortunately for us, we've got a lot of guys who aren't, like you said, making their, their um, Celtic Rangers debut. Um, but fortunately for us, it's at Parkhead. Because if uh, that's yeah. Ibrox, 50,000 Rangers fans writing to half everything you do, you've got to be strong to be able to deal with that. And then, um, again, Kyle, like you said, you're just looking at possibly just one new player. It's a boy that's played for Man U. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying uh, they have any games like our game. But, but you're still playing at a 70,000 seat stadium. He's at a big club with a lot of pressure, so it's it's kind of maybe less susceptible to, to folding under it. But it's hard to tell because 
there's been a lot of guys that really have done well in games that you wouldn't expect, and then there's been guys who have folded and all from games that you just wouldn't expect again. So just never know until really we turn up. Like a prime example, you had Joey Barton, who was like nice. one of the most hated figures we had in English football five under pressure. Love to get a bit toxic and comes up and just fucking crumbles and is an absolute waste of age. I know, I know. Um, he, I, I think he, I think he lost, I think he lost the, the battle when he shook Scott Brown's on and and never looked him in the face. Uh, I think uh, that's, I think that's when he looked, he but lost the battle. Supposed to be one of Britain's hardest footballs. Aye, no, no. swings and roundabouts. You can thrive or you can crumble, and it's up to you whether you're going to kind of use that to your advantage or your disadvantage. These crumble, or these have these new boys who. Obviously, like Parkhead, that atmosphere, get right up for it and just want to go out and prove a point in front of our new fans. I, I think, personally, I think I'm worried about McCarthy, I'll be honest, um, just because I think he's possibly the weakest link in that team if he plays instead of Beaton. But in terms of, I know, obviously, it's good because, like, some O'Reilly and Hitati and, and likes of that have already played at Celtic Park, full stadium. Um, but obviously, it's a different... That different mm. ball game altogether, Jane. You know, it's a faster paced game. I know Dundee United, you know, it was dominant for Celtic on Saturday. We just couldn't find the way through until the end. But in terms of I think it's just gonna be a hundred mile an hour and you know, everybody's gonna be need to be on their toes. Um but as I say guys, if you've got any questions or comments, I was hoping to get some Rangers fans on and get a bit of abuse and a bit of banter. Um, but it seems like Kyle's going to be the one getting like, the stick on it. Um, <laughs> um, so we'll go to the season so far, obviously. Um, Kyle, Rangers open, opening day win against Livingston. Looked like, you know, you were, were going to be starting again, flying high, and then you follow up with a, a, an away day defeat to Dundee United. Um, did you, did you start to see signs of kind of dropping away? early in the season or did you think it was just a wee blip no you could see it for the start of the season and it's just we've been shite this season we have been really really poor we're quite I think we're actually quite fortunate and privileged to be in the position we're in mm-hmm. but I think they kind of lost a bit of the winning mentality I think Gerard has maybe wanted to leave before he actually did, and that's kind of been passed down. Because when Van Bronckhorsters came came in, they've kind of they picked it back up. All great, they're still undefeated under them, but some of these tactics are quite questionable, and it's made me <coughs> quite fearful for Wednesday night, where he kind of likes counter-attacking football and sits and expects to absorb loads of pressure and hit a counter-attack. And I think when it came to the game at the weekend to bring John Lundstrom on over Ryan Jack or that, what's such a holding midfielder, you're only one goal ahead. You want to go and push and get that second goal to take, like, to take the two goals in front. So I think some of the tactics are quite questionable and I think that was what Gerard kind of failed on up until he had a bit of success where you've only got that one goal lead to sit back and defend it and then you're losing late goals or whatnot. You always want to go and kill the game off and not really let your opponent try and get back into it. So, Aye, and ultimately, ultimately, obviously, you know, you then you then pick yourselves up and you you win the first um, derby of the season one 0 at Ibrox. Um, you know, did was was that a massive? Obviously, that was a massive boost in terms of 
Um, I'm trying to think back to that game. I don't actually think it was Rangers' best game, but you know they got the win, um, kept the clean sheet, and that's that's all that matters at the end of the day. Do you think? Aye, so, on you go, mate. No, on you go, mate. No, on you go, mate. On you go. Aye, that is, they've been playing pretty ugly sometimes and you're still getting the win, which is how you win championships, which we never done at the weekend, obviously. I said to you before the show, you always knew Celtic were going to get a goal because they are quite lucky for coming up with late goals. And it's not even so much luck, I'd say. It's more perseverance going for it. And you don't sit back and just kind of take the joy. You want to go and get that extra point that extra two points I, I was just going to say you saved yourself with that perseverance comment there <laughs> 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 Paul was ready to jump on that there <laughs> no, but they do always come you do always come up with late goals and it's, as I said there's no work it's you just keep going and you're not happy to sit and take the point you want to keep pushing and get that winner and Paul, obviously, do you think that's do you think that's a you know we, we look back on that that Hingmy Fianj in terms of uh, the, the video that, that went viral at the start of the season when he was taking his first training session. You know, he's screaming at the players. You know, we don't stop during the game. We, you know, we stop at half time. We stop at full time when we're celebrating. And you know, in terms of you obviously see that even when we're one nil up, I think he's he's a manager that likes to get a second goal rather than take it into the corner kind of thing. I I I mean. Disney hiding. I, I don't know any Celtic fan at Disney Levans, you know what I mean? Aye. I would say, see, you're talking about what you said, and it's this isn't, I don't think this is any part of his. I think this is the fact that we've still got to get up to fitness to be able to play the way he wants to play. And obviously, we've had a lot of injuries and stuff. I feel that we are very patchy. Like, we will go and batter teams for 25 minutes, and then for 20 minutes, we look, we don't look bad, we just look quite ropey, and we look like we go at it. And then for another 20 minutes, we will just leather teams, and it's like we look so ruthless, but then other times you're like it's almost like kind of two separate games at times. Particularly, first half we came out the traps and blow teams away, then second half, after about an hour, we started to, to die down a wee bit. But uh, it's, I, I just think that I said, I think I said this when the first time I was on a few months back, I think it's going to take until it might even be next season before guys are really fit enough to play the way Ange wants to play. Mm-hmm. All the time, because it's a hard thing to ask for, guys. Uh, and obviously, you know, Johnny Strachan says that he just echoes your, your comments that it's all about playing at the final whistle. You know, we, we, we didn't see that for a lot of um, Neil Lennon's tenure, kind of thing, in the 10 in a row season. But um, in terms of like just going just going back to kind of Rangers start to season, obviously, you know, a lot of draws this season, Kyle. Um, you know, you've only been beaten once early in the season against Dundee United, but um, a lot of draws against Hearts and Aberdeen. Um, and and Motherwell as well on Flag Day of all days to I know it wasn't on the telly, but um no. you know that was that was a massive surprise in terms of obviously Flag Day, the stadium's full, places buzzing and, and you can't see that game out. Do you think do you think there's a do you think there's a, a thing where the Rangers players last season weren't playing in front of the fans? It was sort of easy for them, it lifted that pressure. I don't know, part of me thinks I decide not playing under the fans, but and then part of me also thinks you're gonna, like you are gonna thrive playing in, under the fans. But like, can you imagine the atmosphere of going and stopping playing in a row with an Ibrox with the fans there? Would Rangers have done it if the fans were? Dylan, it echoes your comments, Paul, earlier on, where fuck, I've hit a mind blank here. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's what that's what you're that's what you're saying on uh, 
Saturday against Dundee United. It's 30 minutes to go, and then you're starting to get a lot of moans and groans. Whereas I think one of the major turning points within our season last season was when we beat Morrow, I think it was 3-1. And it was Cedric Kitten right. that scored the equaliser. I think it was the seventy second minute of that. Would that have happened if the fans were in the ground? Because even at half time when you're going in, you're getting beat. As soon as you come out in the second half, you're going to get a lot of moans and groans. Is the players going to be able to thrive under that pressure? Or the other arses going to collapse? Are you going to go and get that equaliser and then go and get the second and third goal? I do think that it, it helped you last year not having the fans because you even seen Tav's comments the previous season where um, he was saying like, some of the players are struggling to play under the pressure because I think the Rangers fans at Ibrox are probably a wee bit more quick to get on the back than Celtic fans. Are. Actually, I didn't like it that um, yesterday at uh, Park Gidwin, I felt we were getting a bit kind of antsy, but I, I still think Rangers would have won the league last year with fans in because um, Rangers had that tremendous season and we were so bad that it was like even if Rangers had lost maybe another six or seven points with potentially fans getting on their back, there's no way they would have been able to crumble and yeah, no leather was last season because it was just it was night and day between the two teams. Aye, and I think obviously when you when you look at that, um, you know, Paul Celtic didn't have a great start to the season. Obviously, Ange was just no long in the door. He hadn't really got his stamp on the team. Didn't really know who his, his first team was going to be. We had players like Dan Murray in defence, um, and no harm to Dan Murray. Obviously, young boy, and hopefully goes on and does well. But you know. When you look at that that starting lineup against Hearts at Tynecastle in the first game, and let's bear in mind, you know there was a shock of their decision when we scored uh, to go two one up, and it got disallowed, and Hearts end up, I think John Suter end up scoring the winning goal. Um, but in in terms of that, we we went on and smashed Dundee and St Mirren six 0 at Celtic Park, um, and really kind of got a first glimpse of Angeball as we as we know it now, kind of thing. Um, how how massive obviously was was that for us to to get those back to back wins and, and obviously clean sheets as well. Well, you look at us at the start of the year. I mean, we had we glimpses uh, the way that Ange wants us to play, but it was bad at the start of the year. I mean, it's a really poor start. But fortunately, we didn't really go on it on the team's back because we're eighteen players or something for no eighteen players for the squad left for the year before. I mean, you had like five or six of your starters who, granted, they weren't very good, but they were all away. It was a complete rebuilding. I think that's something that I think that more credit's got to go to him because this is still a, we're still in the middle of a rebuild. Um, mm-hmm. We are looking at now. Some bookies have his favourites for the first time he won the league. Uh, I seen that yesterday. But no, going back to it, start of the season, I think it was where it was. Um, We've not really done what we did to St Merlin Dundee United, eh, sorry, Dundee, eh, anybody else since. Like, we've beaten teams comfortably, but we've not went and done that. that. I looked at that time like we could have went into nine or ten after somebody, and it's not going to happen. But what I would say is we're defensively a lot more sound. I think that um, we keep the ball so well. I mean, we just completely dominate teams. And then when we've got a full squad, our fancies to beat anybody in the league, obviously. And even in Europe, I fancy today quite well because you look at the, the Leverkusen game and the Betis games, we look a different different kettle of fish now compared to what we were before. Yeah, and obviously, like Brian Murphy says, uh, Rangers have three guys in midfield who put the boot in. We really need McCarthy to prove why he was bought. And um, I, I don't think I don't think McCarthy's shown even when I think he's maybe had one or two really good games that have that have noticed him in. And um, I don't really 
I mean, I rated him when we got him. I thought, you know, this is, he's going to be a really good signing, really good central defence in mid. He's going to be that kind of, um, you know, brick shithouse, basically, in the middle of the park. Um, he's really not, obviously, he's been uh, stricken with injuries and things like that and fitness issues. But um, do you see him replacing Beaton on Wednesday? I actually think that it might be, um, well, I suppose we're in the position where it probably has to be McCarthy. And I think mm-hmm. Brian makes a decent point. I wouldn't be playing him. See if we had the full complement. I probably uh-huh. wouldn't even have him on the squad because I'd have beat on ahead of him. I'd have McGregor in there. I'd have Adiguchi uh, before him. But a couple of my mates, um, we were talking about today, on the keen on um, McGregor, uh, McCarthy playing, sorry. I think that, like I said, Brian makes a decent point. We don't have that that in there. I don't think Rangers are, are hatchet men in that midfield three that they've got. I think when like Jack's no there, they lose a bit of the physicality they have. Um, but they've still got a bit more presence about them and they've dominated us in, in the middle of the park the last couple of years. So I think that McCarthy playing could, if he plays well, could be a good thing where he will go and kind of maybe enforce himself in the game. And he's a Celtic fan, Scottish boy. He understands the game where a lot of, what we spoke about earlier and Kev had mentioned, a lot of our boys that particularly the Japanese boys, no saying that they won't try or anything, but they, they, don't, the under- they, they don't understand it until you play like, like when we go speak about it later with Lubo, uh, with um, the 5-1 game, which I'll talk about later on, Lubo scored two in that game, and I was at it, and it looked like he was just like, oh, I've just scored, but he also looked a bit shell-shocked. Is that, why is everybody going mental at this? No. <laughs> Oh, I think that man. will be key for us if we are going to go and win it, and I think that's where we are still quite lucky. Where the spiny or the spiny or team, despite Celtic, and do have that kind of bit of grit about them. They've all played in enough full forms to know what this fixture means to the fans and themselves. I think they kind of know how important it is. Like you've got McGregor, you've got Golds, and even Balogun has played in the fixture before, or Barsi or Hollander, however you're going to go with at the back, you've still got, Jack is fit again, he can make a cameo appearance, you've got Arfield, Aribo's played in the fixture, you've got Stephen Davis, who's a Rangers man, I think it'll miss having that kind of hatred with having Buff up top. Mm-hmm. Aye, I think if they're going to start with Kimar Ruth for what, he's I not think going to have this kind of same bullying presence about him, but the still main course by their team know what the fixture kind of means to it. Whereas you could be coming in with Carter Vickers, Idiguchi, if Atati was available, all kind of relatively new and experienced players in the fixture that could have gave us the upper hand. As, as daft as it sounds, I think the fact that quite a few of the guys were there when we used to, we scudded you regularly, I think that makes a difference because they've been through that, they now know that they can beat Celtic and they probably have it in themselves where they're like, we're, not going, back to, we're looking back to that again, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that as daft as it might sound, I think that benefits um, it benefits Rangers a bit as well, that they have had guys who have taken beatings off us. No, definitely. When was it two seasons ago, I think, where Celtic beat us 1-0 in the cup final? Actually, uh, aye. aye. We were, what, four or five points ahead at Christmas time or something prior aye. to that game. And I do think if we had won that cup final, we would have went on to go and win the league. Uh-huh. Because you would have then experienced what it's like to win silverware. And you want to experience that and keep going, whereas they've been used to getting scudded regularly or getting at a final and losing in the final. Mm-hmm. It's just that or so close almost mentality. Do you know what I, th- I think? I think um, Rangers. I've I liking Rangers last season. A 
to Liverpool when they won the league for the first time in, in so many years. You, you seen Liverpool the following season and they just sort of kind of crumbled. Again, it was almost like the pressure was off. All the years they'd gone without a title, they won the title, gave it to the fans, and then they were all like, right, well, it's not that they didn't want to go and win the title, it's just that they thought, well, we don't need to win the title now. And I know it's different right. because it's Celtic and Rangers up here. There's two teams going for it every year. But I just think that it's it's similar to Rangers, the way they've played this season, I think. They, I they tried think, so hard. It was like us in 99. Us just as important as last season. To be honest, like they stopped the 10. But this season, basically, whoever wins is guaranteed 30, 40 million for the Champions League. That's the nice. chance for whoever wins that and gets that money to kind of go and kick on. And I'm quite fearful. I feel as if we're doing what you've done when we nice. were in the lower leagues. You feel the players you've got right now are good enough and you, you're quite happy to stand still, whereas we're consistently strengthening and trying to like get back to full strength. I now feel we're kind of standing still while yous are strengthening. Whereas if you've got a bit of money there, I think we should be out spending it to kind of further yourself because whoever wins this the league this year, I think will win the league for the next few seasons. Because to get that Champions League money in to, and to reinvest it into the squad, it's going to take you a good few years ahead of your rivals. I think you're right in terms of the money this year. I think the money is bigger this year than it normally is. Um, I think that it shows, and this isn't right, just to like, take the piss out and with the money stuff with Rangers, I think the signings Rangers have made shows that that they don't have the financial clout they know to go and push on. I mean, don't get me wrong, like um, Delalio is a loan signing, but that's somebody you would get in anyway. See, like, even if he's had money, it's somebody you would be looking to bring in because he's a very good young player. Uh, but it, I think the Rangers, you can see Jed. I think that's part of the reason Gerard probably left as well. They weren't able to go and spend a lot of money. Um, are they wanting Champions League money before giving assurances? But, that, but that's the thing. Spend it or, you do, or are they holding off? But that's not the, that's, the more, that's more Celtic mindset than Rangers mindset. You normally just go and spend money, whereas we Aye. very much, oh no, we'll hold off and we'll see like why we always buy our players after we get knocked out the Champions League qualifiers. We then we go and buy them instead of just investing. You're no strength in your squad enough to mm-hmm. make them a Champions Aye, League at, at the right like, time, right? I think Aye, that's our problem. We, I think, if things stay the way they are now, I think we're going in weaker than what we were before the transfer window. I think we do lack, and it's not just get two or three players in just for a bit of depth and fill up the bench. We need two or three good quality starting 11 signings. Where, where do you think you need to strengthen Mesley? One of the places was right wing. Obviously with Diallo, obviously right. you're bringing him in, but is he going to be good enough? I'd certainly hope so with the kind of reputation he's coming with. We now need a backup right back, although I'm seeing with we're pretty much confirming a signing tomorrow, a Polish 20 year old for your backup right back. I think we do need a backup striker now. If I'm being honest, I'd have kept the four and I'd have left it out on loan because it is fucking honking. Aye. It's so poor to watch and I'm quite fearful if we're going to be going in to this game, starting him. I don't think we're going to have anything up top. It's got to be Hemal Roof that starts on Wednesday. But even Aye. at that, we're not, I'm now getting the impression and a lot of Rangers fans are like, you can't rely on it to lead a line. 
So we now only have Alfredo. Obviously, it comes with the complications of being South American, that your international fixtures are all over the place. So if he's away, you've only got Ruth, who you're comfortable starting with up top. And even at that, keeping Ruth fit sometimes is a struggle. He's not the most reliable player in terms of his injuries. So we're going to need another striker in, at least, and potentially another creative midfielder. And and do you think, Paul, do you think um, Celtic are going to make any moves before um, tomorrow's deadline? Or do you think that we've done our business and that's it? I think, I think we're probably done, to be honest. I think we've done it really early for a change, which is obviously very nice and unusual for us. But, so I'm happy with that. I don't it's a bit really boring. See <laughs> 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 How are you Aye. feeling going out of this transfer window, potentially, if it doesn't happen tomorrow? not having secured the permanent signings of Jota and Carter Vickers. Because right. in all honesty, I thought you would have branched out and whether it was 16 million or 12 million, I thought they two would have been permanent signings and I thought they'd have been done come the end of January and I'm not sure, can you can you make them permanent signings out with the transfer window? I basically, what we as long as we, I know with Jota, we have the, we can put the bid in and they have to accept it because it's in the, the clause. Um, so I, I don't think it's the end of the world if we don't date this one day. But see, for me, we have to sign the two of them. I mean, I, I think that Carter Vickers is the best defender we've had since Van Dyke. I think he's top draw. I mean, I he might not be. I need to sign uh, them. I definitely um, Honestly, Jot, I rate Jota so highly. Jota is a fantastic player. Jota, there's, no there's no risk. I mean, see, if, if we somehow managed to get Jota, because obviously you hear the rumours that Benfica maybe want to keep him. And it's basically just doing him knocking his back and then staying there. But see if we spend the money for him, which is nothing, we we'll, we'll make easy two or three times what this uh, what we're going to pay from next season. Basically, I kind of feel as if the Scottish transfer market is stuck in stronger. a bit more. It is getting mm-hmm. stronger. So no, the prospect of going and selling Jota for 15, 16, 17, 18 million is becoming less unrealistic. Aye, it's, as it's, they, quite, as it's quite realistic now. Because you look at the players we've sold, and then even look at um, Patterson, who is in the, the grand scheme of things, is very inexperienced, even though he's an internationalist. But Rangers have went, no, we know he's a cracking player. You just have to pay Aye. good money to get him. And I think that's the way million. to be. And you look at, you look at even, um, they're talking about uh, Calvin Ramsey going to Bologna yeah. uh, on £4.5 million. You're like, that's what it should be like. Well, I've like, seen, seen Aberdeen knock back 4.8. Ramsey, so see, Why should they accept it? Even that's... Aberdeen are now knocking mm-hmm. back 4.8 million is going to be a huge amount of money for a club like Aberdeen. So Aye. going and knocking Massive. that back, it's kind of shown that Scottish clubs are no longer being taken for a month. Aye, we, 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 we were talking last week, um, me and the boys were talking last week about the, the Carter Vickers and the, the Jota deal and all the rest of it. And, and I've, I've heard through various sources that, that it is going to be a done deal in the summer. Um, that obviously Celtic are just I think with the money that we've spent um, already on, on players I, I think that the, the, the deal for Jota I think is going to be in the region of six and a half million um, and I think the Carter Vickers deal I'm hearing is about 5.7 which is an incredible amount of money for Celtic to spend on two players um, we're going back to Martin O'Neill's days when we were buying players for six and you know, Rangers were buying players for twelve million. You, you, you've no seen that in recent years, so I think we will get them in, in the summer. Um, so I'm no really that concerned. now, as you say, Paul, I think I think we can leave it to the end of the season. But when you see when you seen the video yesterday, Jota 
you know, standing oh, like Christ the Redeemer in the, in, the, in the Celtic fans uh-huh. and hugging That's what he him in. It shows that he gets it. Aye. He gets what the club's about. I'm so fearful for tomorrow. Like, I do, as I've said, I think we need two or three good, strong, potential starting 11 players in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going to happen. I've seen we're signing a left-back for Leicester. Is 18 years old and is more of a B team player, and then they're signing this Polish right back who's a backup right back. You're still not getting any quality really to come into that starting 11. It's, Barker, it's... Barker, Simpson, and Lundstrom are all apparently going tomorrow. Lundstrom, mm. I don't think he's had a, had a good enough crack, and I wouldn't have mine. I don't think he's looked interested, I'll be honest. I don't think he's looked interested up here. He didn't at the start, but then he got a good run of games, and I think he got about four man in the match awards in a row. Albeit he's one of Rangers' highest earners, so I am all for letting him go if you're going to replace him with the finances. Uh Barker Barker and Simpson are away tomorrow, and to be honest, I'd fucking walk between them wherever they're going in that ugly. See, to be fair, Kyle, see, for me, you're in a different market now than you were a couple of years ago. Because see, because you have done so well and the team's got so much better, to get the quality to replace guys, I mean, for talking sake, Golden leaving at centre-half because it looks like it's possible that he's going to go at the end of the year or if you lose a Morelos. I mean, like, granted, you can't, Celtic Rangers can't replace a Morelos and an Edward in a sense where no, it's too much money. And... And even Golden being £3 million, wasn't he amazing to start with? I think Golson's a really good player and I thought he'd a great year last year. for in the summer, I think I'm not bothered about losing out in that three million because I think we've had more than three million. Exactly, you've earned, you put your money at him. But see, then I see to replace him. To replace him, you need a six or seven million pounds and a half and unless you get Champions League money, you don't really have that to be able to go and do that, you know what I mean? So it's it's a lot of money to replace because you know you've got better. It's a kind of... A, a catch-22 situation when you get better, it costs you more money to replace what you had to improve. And although it's kind of got me thinking as well, I don't know if you've seen it, but when Goldson scored on Saturday, he was away running and kissing the badge. With the badge, yeah. And apparently, that, it is, apparently it is Rangers who aren't giving him what he wants. He wants more money, like to be in maybe 28 grand, the same amount as it to have. And Rangers won't, won't give him it. But in all fairness, fair enough, he's not a captain or anything. But he played every single minute at Every single minute in an undefeated invincible campaign last season. What, what so is he missed? He missed something like three or four games uh, when he's been fit. He's like had three or four games he's no started in his whole time when he's been fit. And the guy's been so consistent for about a year and a half, maybe two years. That was I last that he's earned, he played he's every single minute in Europe domestic, every single no. minute. So he's proved like he's worth the what extra six, seven grand a week. Um there's another boy who they're supposed to be bringing in, but I don't know if they're going to do it in January, if it's going to be in the summer, Danilo Doki or something. Uh, centre-back is apparently a good player, but is that more of a replacement for Goldson if he's going to go? Suter, you're waiting. I don't see us paying any money to get him in just now. And then I've seen on Twitter that there's talks of Ryan Kent leaving now. Mm. I think Kent. I think Kent's a possibility, but I thought he's where I've definitely got suited in before Wednesday, before Monday. Sorry, I, I thought I know. I know the injury to Craig Halkett's kind of put that on the back burner, kind of thing. So obviously that's probably why he's staying at Hearts for the time being. But I think John Suit is a, a fantastic sign. I'll be honest. If you take his injury worries out of the equation for the now, um, I think I've, I've always rated him, kind of thing. 
and it's like obviously you're needing to replace players by six, seven million pound. I think before Diallo, it's been known for years that we need a right wing. I think they should have paid the six and a half million, went and took Scovolson. Obviously, I don't know why they never, if they've had Diallo <laughs> on their radar, the full kind of January transfer. I think we know why, Kyle. I think we know why it didn't happen for six and a half million pounds. Gint. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think, guys. There's also talk of Kent going to Leeds tomorrow for 14 million. But I don't see that happening anymore. I think he's want to, he'll want to play on Wednesday. I no, think he'd be desperate to play Wednesday. I'm kind of in two minds because the guy who's broke it on Twitter is apparently the guy who broke Patterson going to Everton and broke Gerard going to Aston Villa. So mm-hmm. there obviously must be some sort of reliability sources or what. But and then in the way he's broke his story, it's just like, are you actually being serious? Like it said, there's a clause within his contract where Rangers need to accept a fee for. I think it's a Northern Premier League club. Like, what's that supposed to mean? Aye, you can fucking have them for 14 million, but as long as you're in a 200 mile radius. <laughs> and then he's also then leading on to saying that Rangers aren't selling until Van Bronckhorst gets assurances that they can reinvest the money. I'm like, but you're tripping yourself up over your own feet here. First, you're saying that they're activating a release clause of 14 million but then you're saying Rangers aren't selling unless mm. they're allowed to reinvest the money Rangers don't get that say no, no. that clause is in the contract so I don't know the reliability or the credibility of the source of that but mm. I guess it's waiting over the next 24 hours to see what breaks out of it I mean in, t- in terms of obviously the, the form then going into, going into this, this game on Wednesday obviously it's took on a massive president at the weekend we with Rangers dropping points at Dingwall and Celtic leaving it late against Dundee United. Obviously, Celtic only won two points more, Paul, than, than, than Rangers in the last five games. Um, obviously, when you look at the, the you know, a, a massive win at Tynecastle, obviously, um, you know, a, a big win just after the winter break to, to get a clean sheet against Hibs. Um, and before the break, obviously, you know, we beat St. Johnson and, and that was that, there was that draw with St. Mirren. So, potentially, you know, we could already be looking at top of the league if we hadn't drawn that game with, with COVID hit St. Mirren. Um, in terms of, obviously, yesterday, I don't know if you were at the game, but, you know, I mean, you could hear the relief in the stadium. You could hear the difference in the stadium when, when Abada smashed that ball into the top corner. I think that, see, Kyle touched on it earlier. Um about you needing to win certain games. Like, if they'd won at Ross County, you could say, you could maybe look back at some point and say, that's a league-winning game. Mm-hmm. Aye. And I think that yesterday was one of the ones where it's sometimes good for the team morale to win a game like that. Yesterday, I didn't think we were terrible or anything. Um, I didn't think we were brilliant. But that was a massive result for us yesterday. I mean, that was absolutely huge. We had to win that because it's just it was so important. The Hearts game is another one where... We held on a wee bit at the end. They came at us for the last 15-20 minutes and we held on a wee bit. But we held on. Whereas last year we wouldn't have. We'd have definitely would have dropped points at, at best, lost at worst. So I think it's shown as um there's maybe even though we've got a lot of small, skillful players who are the most powerful, it shows that there's maybe a bit of mental toughness and a bit of dig about that side where we're just seeing result when it's a hard game, we're managing to see it through and get the results. So I'd like us to go and win 5 now every week, but it's also nice at times to see when you had to dig in and work hard to win a game. And Aye. I feel that we're starting to get a bit of that about us now. 
Aye, and obviously, Kyle, you know, we, we spoke about Arfield's goal at Livy um, at Ibrox during the week, you know, massive, massive goal. Again, you, you need to win ugly sometimes. It was a great goal for Arfield. Um, you know, that was in top of dropping points at, at Pataudry. Um, You know, obviously, we're talking about the, the game at Pataudry, um, Agent Bruni doing his, doing his bit, and um, I thought Johnny Hayes had a tremendous game. Johnny Hayes did the fucking game. I can't stand Brown, obviously. <laughs> never, I can't believe it. Best player in Scotland, Best player in Scotland. I think I've enjoyed watching his demise to go and play <laughs> a fucking nine in a row winning captain and having such an amazing career at Celtic. Quadruple treble as well. To, to, be, to be fair, Gary, he could have been like uh, Kyle touched on Ferguson. There could have been like Ferguson and went down and get relegated for the Premier League after being up here, but... <laughs> I don't know. But I've enjoyed watching his demise to then seeing him fucking over the moon about a 1 1 draw and where a sixth place side. I, I, think, I, think, I think he's just. I, th- I, think he bought, I think he bought the red card, to be honest. Oh, that was a fucking highlight. He should have been, he should have been booked for diving. He, he knows. No, listen, I mean, there's contact. But he, he waits and waits and waits. And he knows Kent's coming in. And he's basically just saying to Ryan Kent, go on, kick me. And Kent makes contact with him, and you know it's. But he has bored it. You know he's. He's now just. He is just turning into cheating because he's going down at everything now. Like the slightest we touches, he's thrown himself to the ground. And don't get me wrong, there's been points where Morelos has went and done that. Points. Obviously, Obviously you hate it and it annoys the shit out of you if it's happening to you. Aye, I'm thinking mm-hmm. we're going to get humped and we've came away with our result or we've been flying on top of the world like could be potentially this game where you've not been beaten years and then you end up getting fucking scudded. Uh, aye. So and I, I think just, it um, comes down to who wants it more. Aye. Definitely. Like, listen, it is, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't matter who's playing bad or worse. It? I know you're laughing at that comment. Okay, yeah, Sean Hutton says, Scott Brown's living rent-free in their head. <laughs> um, he certainly is. I was actually thinking about maybe... Um, cutting a wee, cutting a wee clip after after they're done, just a Kyle having a meltdown about Scott Brown. I thought it's, that's going to end not, up on Twitter or something. I was I was talking about it the day, uh, my mate. Um, mind the the wee pictures that were doing the rounds, and it's like the cartoon thing with a guy cycling on a bike, and then he sticks the the stick between the spokes and comes half a bike. Right. Him, so he does it himself and goes half a bike and goes fucking Scott Brown. Absolutely, <laughs> but <laughs> don't get me wrong. I I can completely appreciate why he's hating. You know, what I mean, if he played for the Rangers, I'd have hated. It's the same. Him. We love we love Morelos against you. You can't stand Ryan Kent as well. I think for me, Ryan I, Kent's a player. You'd love to have a villain in your squad that your rivals hate. Aye, I, listen. I was on I was on Go Radio no long ago. I think it's last season or something. I went on it actually congratulate Rangers and winning the league and saying, you know, glad it's done and the whole ten in a row thing and we can move on and, and get on the next season and and I, I said to Barry Ferguson I said that's that's what Rangers have been missing you know maybe even since he left I'll be honest they, they've missed they've missed a real hard man in that Rangers Aye. team a player that knows what it is to play for the club 
to win for the club and also how to play in um, derby games kind of thing? No, I think that that was one of the main reasons I think we were so poor, like not having that kind of hard man that gets it and can kind of contest in the middle of the field and that. And then I always said that we really lacked a Tom Rogic. Someone Aye. that when it's not working for you and you can't pass the ball into your net, someone that's got that moment of magic that can take a ping for 30 yards out that's flying into the top corner. I think we missed that. We did seriously lack that where you're just trying to pass the ball into the net. And if you're not playing Celtic, every team's sitting with 10 men behind the ball and you don't get the opportunity to pass the ball into the net. You need someone that's going to go and kind of take the game by the scruff of the net and have a shot play outside the box. Aye, and obviously when you look at when you look at transfers, um, when you look at transfers that Rangers have brought in Kyle. Obviously, like Sabakuna didn't work out. He's obviously went to Birmingham. Lindstrom, as you say, he could be on the exit. All these players that come in the summer. Sakala, um, he's no really got a proper chance yet. We like some has been in there, um, and Diallo, Sands, and obviously Itton's been recalled. It's not been a busy summer window for for Rangers, but it's it's been quite a busy winter window in terms of outgoings. That's the thing as well. You're getting a lot of dead wood. Getting rid of a lot of dead wood. Surely that's freeing up to be able to bring players in, especially if you're getting more. I think Lundstrom is Rangers' third highest paid player. Mm -hmm. 128 grand a week. Surely shifting him and getting away for that is going to be able to bring in a bit of money to go and get someone. Because I don't believe for a minute that if they're waiting on getting a bit of Champions League money, I don't believe for a minute Rangers are sitting their way out without a single penny to spend. Aye. Like they are gonna have money in the bank to be able to go and bring someone in. So as I've said a good few times if tomorrow I think we do need a couple of players. And I have seen that it's expected to be a busy day in terms of incomings and outgoings, but my only fear is that incomings is going to be a left back for the B team for Leicester and a twenty year old Polish backup right back. There's no any quality. Aye, and I think and Danny Bowie says if we get beat, no drama and gutter. But we could have been down eleven points after this game. Where we are playing now, I'm delighted. I wrote the season off before a ball was kicked. Hail, hail! Um, I think a lot of Celtic fans were like that, Paul. In terms of the start of the season, we didn't really know what was going to happen. And listen, as I, I, I text one of my mates, Kieran, there um, earlier on, and I says to him, "Listen, I says I'm really worried about this game because we've got ourselves in a position where we can potentially go top of the league on Wednesday if we win." Um, but also, if we get beat, we then become a point worse off than we were at the weekend. So mm. it literally is, in terms of, I know we, we never ever play for a draw, but if we don't win the game, you, you know, would you settle for a point, obviously? I would take a point, in a sense. Um, but I think we're getting to the stage you know, where we have to start beating Rangers again. Aye, it's, it's, very, similar to, aye, it's very similar to how it was... <coughs> Four, between five to three years ago where we were always winning and I'm not going to say I, I honestly have no idea how it will go on Wednesday I'm not going to say Celtic are going to win but I think that it's taken a similar trend as to how it was with Rangers see when like, we were beating them constantly and beating them comfortably Aye. And then, even though we won a couple of games after that Rangers were a better side and they dominated us and we still managed to just get through them Taking a four-one game, a four-one game away in May, 
um, because obviously last season was just a shambles. You look at how much better we were than Rangers in the last game, even though Rangers won. I feel like the, the tide's turning a wee bit. I might be wrong, but I just feel like it's starting to turn a wee bit like it did a couple of years ago when Rangers, even though they were losing games, they were a better side. and It starts to give you that belief that like, they could go and beat us and knew that we're in that position where I think that we think we can go and beat them where maybe a year ago we didn't think that. I don't think, see, our period of being so dominant against you, I don't think, I think you have kind of less of a job to do than what we did mm-hmm. because I don't think the kind of gap in quality is as big. Like when you go back to your period of dominance, yours were scudding us 4 no. 5 0, 5 1 each game. Take away our 4 1 game, there's no been any big scoring right. games. It's been 1 0, 2 0, 2 1s. I think it's been more the manner that see the way you have beaten us though. I mean, you have dominated us and it's been horrible to watch. I honestly, I've got it in front of me. The last 10 old fun games where Celtic have only won two and the two that we won were like the eighth last game and the 10th last game, they were like quite a bit back. We've only won, we've only drawn one at the last seven and lost six at the seven, you know what I mean? Conceded seven goals. So he conceded 16 and only scored seven in the last 10 games against Rangers. We have been bullied. And that's my that was my concerning thing where even when Brown was in there for the last year or so, we were getting bullied. And that was my big concern. That's what my I've got a wee bit of worry on Wednesday where we are near a big physical team. But I think that how we play, we move the ball well and we cause different issues. I'm just hoping that we can deal with the physicality. I know that Rangers are a pure wild side or anything like that, a pure physical team, but they impose themselves more than we have done in the last couple of years. And I'm hoping that that doesn't at Disney Killers on Wednesday. Uh, I think we obviously still do have the quality to go out and win the game because when you look at what our starting 11 is probably going to be, it is majority of players that played last season. Mm-hmm. So I do still think we have that quality, but I can't put our performances of late down to maybe just a blip. And I can't quite get my head around it because it is majority of the same players. But we've been like this all season. It's not just the last two or three games. So I can't quite put my finger on why the performances have been so bad. But I still do think Rangers have enough quality to go and win the game. That's not me saying my position is Rangers are going to win because I'm the same as you, Paul. I've got no idea how it's going to go. But if Rangers turn up, they would have the quality to go and get the game done. But it's whether they're going to turn up on the game. The same with Celtic. If we're off and Celtic are at full strength, not not so much full strength in terms of squad, but if he's up for it, it, as I said, it's all down to whoever's more up for it on Wednesday night that's going to come away with the three points. What I will say is I don't see it being a draw. I think it's it's just so rare that you see an old firm draw taking a one each point. I do think it is going to be a Rangers or Celtic one, but it's just going to be down to whoever turns up and wants it more on the night. I think form just goes completely out the window. It's like you say, that mind with the the one 0 game where everybody was like, there is absolutely no chance that both teams won't score. It's like everybody's like, there's guaranteed goals in this. And then so it was a shot on goal. You know what I mean? And it's that like, it. And it, Rangers didn't even have a shot on target. Aye, aye we, we dominated and, 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 and back just to my obviously. Point, times I'm going into the game thinking we're going to spash it and we've been scudded. That game, you're going into the game thinking there's going to be fucking goals galore. 
and Rangers don't even register a shot on target and it could come down to Wednesday night using in a better position than us than now I'd say you could be going into a constant thinking you are going to score does we come away with the points Aye, you never know form does go at the window with these games Aye, I think when you look at I think when you look at Paul the, the, the players that we lost obviously in the summer I was I was quite worried in terms of the big names that we lost like um, Odson Edward Christopher Ayer Ryan Christie um, obviously, Griffiths went on loan to Dundee. He was a kind of iffy one. I wasn't too sure whether he could, Ange could have got the best out of him, possibly. Um, and obviously, Hendry and, and Brown left as well. Bio went to Ghent. Um, but we, we, when you look at I didn't realise we, we signed as many players as we did in the summer. Players like Kyogo, Starfield, Abada, Juranovic, Yakimakis, Joe Hart, I think, has been one of the signings this season. Oh, Carter Vickers, Scales, Shaw, Urigide, McCarthy, and Jota. Um, you know, and no really paying big, big bucks for all these players. A, a lot of them were loan deals for the time being. A lot of them were, were kind of a couple of million here and there. I think Kyogo has potentially been the buy of the season for, I think we paid three and a half, four million for him. And he's, you know, 16 goals this season or something. Um, obviously, in terms of then, obviously the players that are left, do, do you think that the, obviously the squad is stronger than, than it was at the start of the season kind of thing? But do you think there was want away players there, and that's what's made the difference that we brought in players that want to be at the club now? Definitely, you can see the the mentality. Like you talk about Kyogo, who's has been sensational for us. You look at the mentality of him. Um, he just, I know it seems daft and it's maybe token gesture type stuff, but even when he's no playing, he's doing the side of the park, doing everybody fives when they're going on, and you see that they all care about each other. You see the way Jota is with with players. He just Seems to have bought right into it. Hey, they're Played not in touch with each other. They're actually part Aye. of a team now. Aye, they're a unit. It looks like a unit. They're you know fighting what I mean? for each other. Well, last season we did not have that. And you, you, you spoke about Joe Hart. Where, um, don't get me wrong, the fact that he's got a pair of horns that can hit a ball has been such an improvement on what we've had for the last couple of years. But Joe Hart's been tremendous. And he seems to have bought in it. Took the wage cut to companies. After having a conversation with Ange at the start when he came in, it just seems like he genuinely gets it and he cares and I think he's been a phenomenal signing even though I think he's a good goalkeeper he clearly is a good goalkeeper but it's not like he's world class or anything but he just gets it and I think that at Celtic Rangers you need that more than a lot of other stuff because if guys understand what it's like to be at a club like that then it makes it I've been really happy but I just think and it, see the fact that it's Ange that's picking the players Aye. I mean it, it's not a coincidence that your your Shaw's Urikides, McCarthy's having to play a great deal because Ange couldn't pick them. But then you look at Kyogo, Hatati coming, Maeda, Hart, um, Juranovic, they're guys who are all improved us massively and they're all Ange's players. Aye, and obviously Sean Hutton asked the question this one. Interesting one, do you think the squad is looking stronger now than the quadruple treble squads? Nah. No um, chance. I, aye, I think so. I think that... You think so? Aye, we, I suppose we won the quadruple treble last year, didn't we? Well, I mean? so it dep- depends on what point of the quadruple treble you're going to. Is it towards the end of the season where you have won the cup later on into the season? Nah, prime quadruple treble team, I don't think he's out there yet. Don't get me wrong, he's still in the middle of a building process. Like a rebuild, it could potentially go, point to be better. But I, 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 I think, I think next season... 
I, I think next season if we if we if we build in the summer and, and sign like Sakata Vickers and Jot and add a couple more players here and there, I think potentially I would we've got something special again. But um, no, I'm, I'm with Kyle on this one. Under, I don't think you can underestimate the quadruple treble, but the achievement that was and how strong your squad had to have been. Although we were shite, you still have to do a, really I'm, have a strong squad for it. I'm kind of saying it. As in I, as in I'm talking about the when they won no, the quadruple treble. I, I'm talking about last year. Yeah. I'm not talking about like see like Rogers teams that no, we're not at that level. Um, that even though I think that you look at guys like Lustig played a lot through um, the start of the, the trebles and stuff. I don't think Lustig was a great player. I think he was getting close to being done. But mm-hmm. guys like Lustig had that thing about them where they were winners and they knew how to go and win games and. It, the big games didn't impact them too much. Where I don't know, I don't know enough about this team at Celtic yet to know if that's what we are like. But like I touched on earlier with the two games at Dundee United and the Hearts game, it shows there is something maybe there that we can build on. But I based on the, the squad for the early parts of the group, we're not there yet. But based at the end of it, then I would say I it's probably better than that. I'd agree because he's like more, as you say, he's got more. Uh... A team more a squad more fighting for each other whereas let's be honest at the end of the quadruple treble and towards the end of Lennon's tenure it was a shambles Aye. like what we experienced and think fucking shite Rangers championship side would have been stronger on the end of that Aye. quadruple treble even in every game we that spell where we get Ross County put us out of the league up and that we went in every game and I was like we're probably going to lose this today and it was like everybody you played didn't matter who it was if it was St Martin Ross County, Rangers, you're like, we're going to lose this today. And we don't have that anymore. So it's it's good to see. And what I've liked as well, just slightly off topic, is see, even though I've kind of had a wee moan about the fact that fans were getting right on the players' backs yesterday, it's because it's a proper title race, which we've not Aye. had in 10 years. You're not just accepting mediocrity Aye. now where you're worried, oh, we're going to win. You're buzzing to get the win, but you just accept it with a loss. It's now... You need to win because it's part of a proper title race. The days are gone of coming Christmas time. You're sitting five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven points behind. It's now every single point counts. Oh, it's miles like, I, cheered, I, I cheered the Ross County goal yesterday, like it was a Celtic goal, because that's how much it meant. Because we had I, we need we needed Ross County to do that, and it's like, but see if it'd been a couple of years ago, we'd have laughed and went, "Ah, oh, Rangers dropping points again." Aye. But now you're like, we don't know if we're going to points. We need watching the fucking. We preview the Celtic game on Bet365. Scrolling down my Twitter on my timeline. I'm in a Rangers group chat on Twitter and people are talking about it. And then you're scrolling down the Twitter. And, and no joke, me and another boy for the group chat are scrolling down the timeline and in the chats. Everyone who mentioned the Celtic game, be on sent off or still now now who's serious for like that. Shut the fuck up. Don't speak Aye. anything. Wait until it's over. And then it's I was good, gutted, I was gutted when Celtic got the goal because... That Aye. goal can count come to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Like it's no longer at the point where we drop points, but we're still eleven points clear. Who cares if you've picked up Aye. two points? Aye. Two points in it. We're now going into an old firm with whoever win is going to we either strength in our lead at the top or use overtake us for the first time no. this season. It's good to have it back where it, it brings that bit of need on it. Um, just because we're talking about uh, loans and that I just seen there um that Uragidi's uh, gone away to Ustende and Belgium on loan. Alright. Hopefully hopefully it's not going to be like the Jack Henry deal where hopefully we'll get him back because I think he's got a bit about him to be well, honest. It says in the thing um, that several clubs tried to get him a permanent deal but Celtic wanted a loan which 
it's quite good because he has got something. Aye, aye, he's, he's very, guy, very you know? much, very much um, the kind of frame a bobo mm. the the mm. way he, the way he acts on the park and things like that. But um, we'll, we'll go into derby debuts. Um, so I'm going to talk to you about your your first ever derby match as a fan in terms of maybe no just maybe no just ones you watch, <laughs> but your your first game. Um, actually going to a game kind of thing. Um, so, Paul, what, what was, if you remember your first um, derby yeah. game as a it fan? Was a bit, it was a while. I actually don't remember what game exactly, but two games stick out in my mind, um, particularly that were really early on. Um, like my old man had a season ticket when we were at Hamden and stuff, and then when we went back to Parkhead, me and my brother shared a ticket for six or seven years. And I remember going to a game about 96 time. Um, and Celtic absolutely leathered Rangers and Rangers won one now. Andy Gorham was unbelievable. Like Andy Tom and uh, Pierre Van Hoydonk just Is that loud up it scored maybe? Aye, uh, no. we just peppered uh, the peppered them with shots, battered them. Is that the one where Gorham made the save for Van Hoydonk for about three uh, yards? Uh, insane. Ridiculous save that he should never have made. And you're like I remember just watching it and I was only like seven or eight at the time, I was thinking what the fuck's this? Like, how have we, how have we no won this? And then another one that sticks out, it might only be in like my third or fourth game, is the one where Rangers won the league at Parkhead and um, did the huddle and stuff and Hayley, he'd butted Stuart Kerr. <laughs> I remember that game pretty well and that was that was particularly horrible, to be honest. My first um, ever derby match will also tie in with my worst derby match. I just remember being so buzzing for it and it was the day that, what was it? The 40th anniversary of the Ibrox disaster. We're so buzzing, thinking, first of all, we're going to go, it's going to be a great experience, we're going to win. It's a good, like, it's obviously a special occasion with the hang before the match for the disaster and that. And then Celtic beat us 2 nothing, and it's the one where Samara scored the Samara scored the I remember that, that was a belter. That was a belter. Another one that stuck out for me would have been. The first old firm, and I think it was two years at Hamden, where you're Is that the Scottish Cup semi final. No, semi final. You've got an old firm, but in common scored an absolute belter. And I don't mind who scored the other one, but oh no, it was um, Griffiths. I don't know how Griffiths. I ever went into an old firm watching. When I'd be sitting there watching Steve Simonson in front of my own eyes and goals, <laughs> and I think the goal came to a corner where he's ran out to punch the ball or something and just completely missed it. And I just remembered that was when reality kicked in. Like, <laughs> Aye, that, that was that was that was the miss. league cup. That was the league cup semi final. Griff, uh, Commons and Griffiths um, scored. That's we, that uh, we just cruised. Big Van Dyke was the cigar Aye. out that night. Nah. Aye. So day two, um, probably day up two. there be my I, first, my first but, old funds and probably. Oh, my worst, obviously. Well, guys, guys, obviously, um, me and Kyle have got slightly. I'm kind of generation before in terms of my. I'm, I'm your generation. Player. I'm your, your generation, mate. Don't I was worry. Ask, what, what was your Aye. first old fun game? Um, my, mine was actually quite late on. To be fair, um, it wasn't. It wasn't like nineties or anything. Um, I do remember watching like my dad would take us to the pub and all the rest of it, and we'd watch games in the nineties, and the big screen would be on, and the place would be bouncing and. We'd absolutely dominate games in the nineties, and yeah. Natalie McCoy's would fucking run up and score a, a winner. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you'd be like, "How how the fuck's that happened?" Do you know what I mean? But in terms of mine, I can remember um, I went to Celtic Park. We won one 0 and John Hartson scored 
absolutely a thunderbolt to a goal. Um, I think Sutton knocked it down for him and he chested it down and hit oh, it for about that. 20 years, 25 years. Mm. Um, but do you know what I was going? I was just going to say? Probably what worse was obviously, I don't know if this was a New Year's Day game, but it was, um, oh, who was the boy? Ehiog. Ugo Ehiog. Right. Overhead kick and Borok tried to Hollywood save it and pammed it into his own net and what I was going to say was, there's nothing worse, and this is why we need the fans back in the stadium, there's nothing worse when you're in that stadium it's and the away silent. fans score and they just go mental. You just That's feel like... Ibrox and Celtic Park, even if it's fucking 700 still and Albion fans, as soon as you can see the goal and it puts you behind, it's Aye. just silence and just no. that, that noise coming for the away support and your heart just completely sinks at it. You've kind of touched on your... Because I've mentioned to you that one of the good memories. But see, for me, the, the worst game ever was the 2002 Scottish Cup final. Oh, man. When Robin Cran scored that. I remember. Last minute. Um, we couldn't get tickets for it. And my dad took me and my brother to his mate's house. And I don't know why I always remember his mate's side above a pub in Dumbarton Road. And I, I've never met the guy before. never seen him since. I don't know who he is. And we were in his house <laughs> watching the game. And uh, it was too easy. As you do. I know, I don't, I, I've never heard my dad talk about Wigan. I don't know how we ended up in the first watch the game. Um, but uh, we went we went ahead twice. And then I think Lovingcran scored Rangers first. Then Ferguson got the second equaliser. And then Lovingcran scored right in the death. And I just, I, I don't ever remember feeling worse at a football game. Just like, how did we lose that there? It was just... Such a heartbreaker because you built yourself up for going. I think I was four at that point, so my memory isn't as vivid. But that was going to be my point for my best game, just because I can still remember seeing it, and it just always sticks out at how loving Francis Heather and loving Francis, my favourite footballer of all time, out of everyone in the world. So for him to get the goal so late on. I can still remember to this day being able to recite the commentary. I fucking when Neil McCann <laughs> crossed it into the box, that would go down as my best derby, without a doubt. Um, as I say, like um, Paul McClellan says, the six-two game James and Nolan gone with the five-one game. There's been so many five-one games. I'm not sure. Um, I know, I was gonna say. I'm going to go for my best ever old firm game was a five-one game in '98, the 21st oh, of well, November. That was that was that was one of my first. Um, first games that I kind of stood up and took notice, really, because I was I was quite young when I was when I was going to the pub with my dad, and he would just drag me to the pub and I'd watch the games and not really take it in. But in terms of like th- that one, and as you say, Lubo Lubo scores two brilliant goals nice. and just looks around as if he's just shit himself. You know what I mean? Like he's actually like, just thinking, "What the hell is this?" And that's what I think. Um, that's what a lot of, of players coming in say abroad don't get about Celtic yeah. Rangers when you score you better be prepared you know because the place is going to be pandemonium you, you going, with Paul, going with Paul McClellan's comment and all that sticks out is one of the horrible Josh Windass scored when the first couple of minutes and you think you're onto something Aye. and then beat on goes and pulls Morelos down through and goals sent off to each and you're like that right they're a man down you go and capitalise on that and what a finish it was for Edward to pull that out of the bag. And I just Aye. remember fucking spewing at that. I could not believe we won that game, I'll be honest. I, 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 was, I, was, I, was thinking, I was thinking he's a point and we'll go. And that's it. You know, I'll be happy with a point. So to get the winner was was unbelievable. But in terms of your combined 11, then we asked you, I asked you obviously earlier on, 
to your combined 11. Uh, Kyle, I'll start with you. What, what is your combined 11 in the uh, Celtic Rangers players as it is? Oh, fuck me, man. <laughs> oh, but I'm going to go with my lawyer. He's obviously in goals with McGregor. Because uh-huh. he's just phenomenal. Barring the two disasters they had on Saturday, I you can be annoyed at him, but you can't forget what he's done. He's a phenomenal goalkeeper, and even just turning forty tomorrow, you can still rely on him. And at the back half, then this shows and, how different you're. You're just a complete different generation, guys, man. All right, no, are we talking about an old time combined? An old time, man. Talking about going into Wednesday. Well, oh, I'd I, I done, I done a combined 11, but if you, if you want to go with a combined 11 or an all-time 11, I know Paul's I'm going to go with Granite Wednesday because I can't really... I've spent the last fucking 10 years of my life watching us getting pumped off freaking and putting <laughs> fucking balls out heads and stuff. My memories have they been that fond. It's <laughs> Kyle's was going into Google there, 90s Rangers players. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tav at the back, then... Defence, I'm going to go away. Goldson and Carter Vickers. Then go with Barisic left. Three in the middle. Kamara, McGregor. Try to think. I'll come back to that one. Out left, I would go Jota. I would to accommodate him and put Kent out in the right and I'd have Morelos up top. Termsy in the middle. Aribo. I can't even believe, believe that I've had to think about that. He should have been one of the <laughs> first names on the fucking squad. But, nah. aye. Aribo, three in midfield, be Kamara, McGregor and Aribo. Jota, Morelos, Kent. What about yourself, Paul? Well, I'll go for my mine's is the all-time combined one. I know people shoot me down and I have been hung over and hanging like a bag of shit today, ah. so my head's, my head's not really been in it. That's fine, mate. That's fine, so, mate. I've tried to be quite diplomatic with it as well. So I've gone for Gorham in goals, Van Bronckhorst at right back, Van Dyke and Goff at centre half, Tierney left back, Loudrop, Loudrop right mid, Petrov and Ferguson in the middle, Decanio left mid, and Lubo playing half a Larson. Oh. So that's, that's my team. That's not many. Aye, that's that's a quadruple winning team. I'll tell you, that's. Um, you can do. There's not really much you can even argue about with that. that no. I, you were looking. I was. I was thinking. I was looking at thinking Gaza. Do, do you fit Gaza in? And then I was like, Lugos, it's like who do you drop? Like, I was like, there's no way I'm not having Lugo. To be honest, mm. I'm quite shocked you've not put Brown on. I know. See, to be honest, in terms of, I, I don't think Brown. Brown has been that great in terms of his footballing ability. Yeah, you need been to the hard it. man. He's been the fucking ultimate captain that you could ever want within your side. But see if he didn't have that hard man act, would you have caught his hand? I think that would save Brown a bit because I remember maybe 10, 12 years ago, I remember having a conversation with my brother saying, if we let Brown go because he was going through a bad spell, and I was like, I would rather keep Key than Brown because I thought Key was a better football player. But then you look at Brown was done. He was absolutely done before Rogers came, and then he just became by far the best player of his career. I mean, he became so much more comfortable in the ball, kept the ball so well, and he just he always did that, the kind of the stuff that he does and get physical and all that stuff. Um, but no, I, I love Brown. I know Sean Hutton saying, "Can't believe you left Brown." 
I know, I know, Sean. It's it's horrible and it's a hard one because I, I actually did um I did one. Me and my mates were talking about this recently. Um, your best Celtic eleven ever, and I had Brown in my best Celtic eleven, but because I was trying to be diplomatic, I went with Ferguson and. I would have went with Ferguson and Brown. What's Do you know how it becomes a bit defensive then? A bit defensive minded then? Aye. See where you're coming from with that. Um, That's how I, had Danny, to, I, had to, I had to have Petrov in. I loved aye. Petrov, man. I thought it was dynamite. Aye. Danny My Bennett's highlight is... of this year, but I will say going into this game, was I've never, I never thought I'd see the day where I was sitting on a Sunday night going fucking bonkers buzzing. That Nigeria getting put out of the African Cup of Nations. Every Celtic fan in the country was scunnered. I know. I know. I know. I know. I think if I think if Aribo hadn't played yesterday, um, you probably wouldn't even got a draw. I'll be right. honest, I thought it was the best man in the park. Um, but Danny Barry says um, his best old firm game was a, it was with his dad, a Jersman, 1972, at Ibrox. Um, Celtic won 4-2 I think I know the game that won is the league I'm sure that was um, been a Hoops fan for life ever since um, and obviously fucking hate him <laughs> <laughs> and Jay Davidson says when Naka scored his first old firm screamer um, who could forget Danny McGrain used young ones says Danny uh, Barry um, Danny McGrain was phenomenal still is um, Mac, Mac and Bind 11 would be um, Joe again I've, I've tried to be as diplomatic as I possibly can I've went Joe Hart in goals because I think Hart's just the better keeper personally um, it was genuinely a toss up between him and McGregor oh, I thought you were going no 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 I've went I've went I've went with an all time one I, I, I was supposed to go with a combined 11 for, for this I, 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 was <laughs> in a, I was in a toss up and all coming with mine between Joe Hart and McGregor McGregor I think overall I Current from the now, Joe Hart. After fucking McGregor's performance, I'm still scunnered at that at the weekend. Aye, I'm thinking. I'm thinking just on form alone. I think. Um, or just. Um, I think Joe Hart and goals. Um, I've got Tav at right back. Um, Scales at left back. Um, a big big Liam Scales fan. Um, I've got Carter Vickers and um, I've stuck Julian in there at centre back because I think. I just, I just think Julian's an absolute beast when he's, when he's fit and he's in his own. It, I mean, I think he's phenomenal. As I say, Goldson was was an option and all the rest that you could play Barisic in there. But for me, I've gone um, four midfielders. I've went on the right. I've got Abada. On the left, I've got Jota, and I've got Aribo and Callum in the middle. Um, and I've got Morelos and Kiel go up front as my front two. See, that's. I'm actually I'm, I'm going to try and put a team together right, since you have done this. I'm going to go for Hart and goals, right back Juranovic, um, left back Barisic, two centre halves, Carter Vickers and Goldson. Um, midfield three would be McGregor. Um, it's quite hard because Rangers have got quite a good midfield three as well. Kamara and Aribo. Nah, you know what I mean? It's probably, Kamara just missed the cut for me as well. I'd probably go with Kamara, McGregor. And Aribo, because I've not seen enough of Hitati yet, but I think it's going to be a Probably go with that, because Rangers are good in there. Um, my front three would be, as much as it's hard to leave Morelos out, even though he's an absolute prick, um, I would go Jota, um, Kent, and Kyogo. That'd be my front three. Nice. Nah, yeah, I, I think I think it's really difficult to leave Kent out of that team as well, just like it was difficult to leave Kamara out. I think, but, but it's you 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 can't you can't have a subs bench. I mean, it's just literally uh, you go to drop but it's players. It's good and, coming back. It's good 
after that conversation, you realise you're now back in the days where both sides are just as strong as each other. Aye. And you're struggling Aye. to come up with a team. You'd asked us, you'd asked a Rangers fan or a Celtic fan four years ago, who's your combined old from 11? It's a full Celtic team. Last couple of years, you're talking maybe one or two Celtic players getting in that. No, you're now back in the days where it's generally going to be a toss up. Ah, yeah, Aye. I think you, I think you will get, you will get fans that will still be like, Aye. I'm not having any Rangers players in there. I'm, I'm not having any Celtic. Aye, aye, but I think, I think you've got to acknowledge talent when, when you see it, kind of thing. And players like Kamara and Aribo and that before Paul, I was like, what's this, Paul? Like, don't tell me he's going to be one of these <laughs> ones that just comes on with green tinted specs and can't no. see Celtic day out and wrong. <laughs> no. He, but he has got a hangover the day, so you're no. you can let him for hook. But in terms of, in terms of I, I couldn't believe when I read this, Celtic's last win in a derby game at Celtic Park was back in March 2019. James Forrest scored a late winner to win 2-1. I think Ryan Kent actually scored that day for, for use. Um, but the last three at Celtic Park, you know, Rangers have obviously done fairly well. Two, two victories um, and a, a draw, one each draw. Um, it's, it's been difficult because obviously we've had COVID and games have been off and we've not played in front of fans and things like that. But um, so in terms of get, name one player, Kyle, that's going to stand out for you um, in Wednesday night. Joe Aribo. Aye, it's got to be Aribo. I think he's just. I'd probably say he's the best player in Scotland now in terms of form. I think he's probably our most valuable asset, and I think he is the one that will make a massive difference and. Like you really seen realize how much we missed him when he was at the Afcon. And I think if we are going to win, he's going to be the key to it. And Paul, who's who's your Paul man? That Celtic player, I think potentially being the key to use is going to be Jota. It's hard right. to look past Jota and his quality and his ability right now. I'm a, I'm going to go the same Jota um, or a wee bit left field. Carter Vickers. Um I think that he I think honestly I think he's an absolute Rolls Royce. I think he's brilliant. It might not be good enough to go and play for Tottenham every week, uh at the kind of tapper end of the, the English Premier League, but see for our level Scotland. I, I think he's as good as you can get for our level. And I think he's dynamite. I think he could really he makes such a difference. He hardly ever makes a mistake. I'm saying that now and he'll end up crossing a goal or something. But he hardly ever makes a mistake. But in an attacking sense, um, I think that the Jota is just special. Um, I think he will be the big one for us. And I agree with, with Kyle. I think that I think that Aribo, we have to be able to control Aribo. That's where if McCarthy plays, then he has to be a number on him. Um, aye. Aye. I think I think for me personally, um, Celtic player that's going to stand out. I think um, I have to agree with Neil O'Neill um, and say O'Reilly. I think I really loved what I've, what I've seen from him. I loved his interview at Tynecastle. At Tynecastle, you know, you could see the surprise in his face. It was almost a kind of English reaction to the Scottish game coming up, and it was just like couldn't believe the atmosphere, couldn't believe how fast the game was. But he loved it, and and I think playing. In a full house at Celtic Park at the weekend, helped him as well. The the crowd, the way the crowd were, um, the celebrations after. I think it's it's helped him bed in quite quick, and I think he's going to really um, show show what he's he's made it. And Wednesday, in terms of Rangers players, 
Um, listen, I think it will, will be difficult. I said before, I think Maeda, uh, sorry, I think um, Amadiello, sorry, um, I think could cause his problems, just as Brian Kent could cause his problems. But I think, personally, I'm worried about Alan McGregor. Because I don't see him making as, as big a mistakes as he did at the weekend. And he's I think he possibly... I think he's possibly going to have one of the nights, and I hope and he has I think it's going to be a case of seeing today, or it was yesterday, seeing John McLaughlin signing a new contract extension. I think he's going to want to keep John McLaughlin out of the sticks until he could maybe... I don't know what his plans are. Is he going to stay at the end of the season and retire if we win the league in a high? Or is he going to want one more crack at the Champions Aye. League? But I think he's going to... He'd have been, he's as big as a Rangers man as you get. So he would have been hurting face mistakes on Saturday. So I think he's going to be out of a point to, a point to prove. Uh, as I say, hopefully it's, it's about target practice and hopefully we, we, we end up getting the luck. Um, Sean Hutton says, enjoyed the crack. Good luck. He's going to need it. Um, so in terms of, we'll finish just in terms of, uh, we'll get your score, score predictions. Um, Paul, what, what, what are you thinking, mate? Genuinely, I find it really difficult. Um, like I said earlier, it's not just because I'm trying to be diplomatic. I'm really struggling to decide. I'll go... I go with my heart. I think that it will be two one to Celtic. I, th- I think you. I can't. I can't. I can't bring myself to say a prediction. Honestly, it's hard. It's don't, hard I don't know what way it's going to go. And then I mean, saying earlier on where it's going to be a Rangers or Celtic one. I don't see a draw. But now it's running from my head. Is it going to be a two two? Aye, Danny says Desmond too, too. Um, <laughs> listen, I'm going to go 3 1 Celtic. Um, I, need I, think to, I need to stick up for my squad and I'm going to, I'm going to go with 3 1 Rangers. Oh, we've, we've, I don't know if we've finally got a Rangers fan in or they've just oh, got Richard a, Rankin, a, a, an empathetic well, Celtic fan. Point. I don't know. <laughs> <one. laughs> um, Richard Rankin <laughs> says 2 1 Rangers. Comes in at the end, typical Rangers fan. But, uh, but, uh, I'm on the horse. <laughs> but um, no, listen. Um, as I say, listen. I think it'll be a great game. I think it's going to be one of the games, and probably what I was I was talking to Kyle about it last week. Um, it's funny we we've probably never had um, two managers on either side. That's I don't mean they've not been hated, but they're, they're, they are really well admired. Aye. I think the both sets of fans. I don't think there's any Celtic fans that I've heard. That has had a good bad word to say own. against Van Bronckhorst. The same way with the Rangers fans and Ange, I've not really heard any Aye. kind of hang me's. Um, it's it's. I think it's it's good to have. Boring. It's a wee bit boring, but at the same time, but at the same time, it is good to have because there's there's a respect there, kind of thing. Throw and, and in. Who who is going to go that you think's a stick on to score or based on your predictions? Who do you think the goal scorers are going to be? I'll let you go first, guys. I don't know. I'm going to go, I think, Hitati. I think Hitati's going to... If he gets if he gets the space outside the box, he could do what he done against Hearts and just, you know, fire it in at, at McGregor. Seeing what he's doing at the weekend, you know, I'd definitely be telling... If it was Andrew, be te- tell my players, have a pop at goal. If you, if you get that space outside the box, have a crack um, and test them because that's what you like to do. You like test, your keeper on the, test the keeper in the first five, ten minutes, you know, hopefully get a shot away. And, and see how he is, see how he's handling it kind of thing. But I think Hattati. I'm going to go I'm going to go for a, a bit merrier prediction. I'm going to go for Forrest and Kent both to score. 
Um, even though Forrest isn't even brilliant, I'm going to go for both of them to score. Because um, even though I, I think Celtic will win, I'm saying 2 1. I don't see both sides keeping a clean sheet. I think both sides are going to score. Just, I, don't, I don't see us. We're not as much a threat when Kyle goes does the play, so it'll be difficult. But I think Forrest pops, even when he's not his best, he pops up with goals and big games for us. So I think he'll do that. I'm going to go. I think Jota will score for Jews. I think Kent's going to get a goal. I think Ruth will score. I think he's just so clinical. And his finishing is tremendous. And I think we fashion him get a goal. I think we need to... I think we need to... Um, in terms of the first five... I always say, first five, ten minutes of a derby game, you want to get up 50-50 ball and win it and knock, knock the other guy in his arse, basically. Go, Barry, and, go fall Barry Robson. Aye, exactly. <laughs> Barry Will Robson against David Weir. First five minutes, crack. You know, get lead with the elbows. You're not going to get a booting for it, but just get up and let them know you're there and, and start, start bullying. Can I lead by example and show who's up for it? That's it. And you, you'll be able to tell in the, last, in the first five, ten minutes um, who, who'll be able to go for it kind of thing. Um, Michael Stevenson right. says, Starfelt header. Well, he's no scored yet. Um, and if he can... If he can stop passing the ball sideways for two minutes, then he might be able to uh, get out of the park and stick one in the back of the net. Um, two for Geo and Forrest. Uh, Jackie Mack is no Van Bronckhorst. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, I think they're late. Definitely done that because you can't spell Geo Mack. Fuck those who, who came up aye. with that. You could spell that for them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that was a I think that was a ploy to get his name on the back of the jersey kind of thing. It probably cost about twenty quid. Um, <laughs> aye, Danny Bowie says depends on the ref. Listen, I've, I hope the ref has a, a strong game. I, I don't think he will, but um, it will be very interesting because obviously there's no Rangers fans, and obviously we want to see back next season the, the away support. You want to see that kind of hatred and that kind of that kind of atmosphere back in the game because it's just killed the Derby's game, and I, and I think it will kill. The atmosphere will be good on Wednesday, obviously, but it it would just be it would just be you know bad for the game kind of thing and bad for um, the future if if we keep this kind of spat up with each other kind of thing. Uh, I think a contract needs to be wrote up for next season and, and get it dealt with. We need a, a mediator in there to you know to get in there and basically say no, you need you need it in writing. Get a grip of just stick with it. But um, listen, guys, we'll leave it there um, in terms of. Next week, we'll be back um, on the weekly show kind of thing. Um, you can follow us on the socials. Just keep getting us a follow. We're doing really well on Facebook. Um, you can obviously download the podcast. Probably I'll have it on in the next 10 minutes. Um, and obviously, get on to 67 Ts on, on Instagram kind of thing. You can obviously check out our YouTube channel. Um, we're hopefully going to get more Celtic content up um, midweek. Um, so, as I say, thanks to Kyle for coming on and taking all the abuse. I think we had one yeah, Rangers fan turning up. And uh, <laughs> thanks to Paul. And obviously, um, you know, guys, check out PG and Dax Real Football Show podcast. Um, it's brilliant. Um, and as I say, guys, um, so we'll see you uh, next weekend, probably next Saturday or next Sunday. Um, so hopefully we get the three points. Kyle, I'll say all the best, but I don't really mean it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'll see you next Sunday, guys. Yeah, I'll see you.